Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn. I'm joined by Amanda and our special guest, Olivia Brown. Hello, everyone. <laughs> we, get, we get stereo sound there. Um, in her early 20s, uh, Olivia used solo travel as her initiation into womanhood which sounds pretty amazing. Uh, she volunteered on organic farms in Chile. She backpacked through parts of Central America and she rode her bicycle across the United States. Uh, Olivia, um, you've also written a book about your adventure and are currently doing the final revisions uh, so that you can get this published. Is that correct? Yes, yes. That is awesome. Um, and you currently write for Adventure Cyclist, the Adventure Cycling Association, and you're going to be giving talks here in the Seattle area REI stores, um, which are amazing, uh, next month. Um, and those those start next month, right? And it's called Touring Your Way. Yes, mm-hmm. four different talks at four different REI locations um, in March, and then there's one in April. That's great. That's great. Well, well, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, let's sort of kick it off because I'd love to hear more. And I, I read this through, um, you know, your, your own bio and some information about your amazing uh, bike ride starting in um, uh, beautiful Astoria, Oregon, um, that you, you mentioned how that even though all the men in your life were kind and respectable, you still had insecurities and fears um, about men. And that's one of the things that sort of provided you motivation to embark on your adventures. And I loved what you said. You said that it was a hot mess. Um, So how did you take that hot mess and transform it into self-empowerment? Yeah. Um, So I grew up in a small town in Alaska. And um, I should clarify that all the men who were close to me um, were very kind and respectful, like my dad and my brother and our close family friends. Um, But I did have, you know, as a young girl, I had a faint feeling of predation, you know, being preyed upon by people who were older than me. Um, You know, no Alaskan woman has has gone a childhood without cat calls and some harassment. Um, And so I I started feeling nervous about being in the world. And um, I remember sitting in seventh grade health class and learning this statistic that one in four young American women are sexually assaulted before the age of 18. Um, And how alarming that was, you know, looking around my um, co-ed classroom at all these different people who were um, potential victims or perhaps who had been hurt already. Um, And I was really bothered by that. I was really uh, frightened that something like sex could be turned into a a violent act that was degrading and that um, messed messed people up psychologically. So I was really bothered by the whole thing. And of course, you know, the media loves to focus on the bad news. So there was plenty of rape stories and child abuse stories and sex trafficking to sort of further my fears. And um, I started believing that, you know, the world was inherently dangerous and that if I you know, could make it to my uh, to my golden years unscathed. It would be this rare thing. Um, so I was a very nervous little girl, and I didn't feel like I had a lot of support. Um, Alaska is not exactly full of uh, t- 
touchy-feely emotional types. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was kind of told like, oh, he's just a little drunk or, oh, don't take it that way. He was just kidding. Um, but I was really bothered by harassment and um, just really bothered by my experiences being uh, a budding young woman, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted from people and what I didn't. So by the time I got to college, um, it was becoming apparent that I had a deeper fear than most other um, women my age. You know, I hadn't dated, um, I didn't have any boyfriends. And so I got my first boyfriend in college and he was this really wonderful, supportive, kind, you know, feminist male. He was just wonderful. And he was the first person who really was a witness to how kind of messed up I was. And it suddenly became important to me to work on myself because I, I, I realized that perhaps I could grow out of this, you know, it could, it could be a phase. Um, and of course, writing my memoir now, I'm looking back on all my old correspondence and my journals, and I'm realizing that I was totally not ready to let my fear go. Um, it was a big part of my identity, and I felt like it was the only thing that really kept me safe. And so I was not prepared uh, to relinquish that yet, but I knew that I wanted to at some point. And so I, I started, you know, traveling alone and forcing myself to be vulnerable in a world of strangers. Yeah, that's so interesting that you, in order to overcome your fears, you really push yourself outside your, I assume you push yourself outside your own boundaries in getting out there and seeing the world. And I was looking at um, your biography and I noticed that before you rode your bike across the U.S., you volunteered on organic farms in Chile. So I, I'm kind of curious, like how did that exp how did that experience abroad prepare you for bicycling from Oregon to Florida? Yeah, so um, it taught me how to take care of myself um, because when you travel alone, there's no one looking out for you except for you. You know, it's it's your only job to take care of yourself when you're out there on your own. Um, and I think a lot of women and just a lot of people in general are taught to be compassionate and think about the needs of others and, um, you know, be careful about, you know, taking too much of the cake or, <laughs> or asking to use the bathroom too many times. Um, but when you're traveling alone, you have to advocate for yourself and you have to state your needs. And that's really hard for me still. Um, I'm very shy about letting people know that I need something because, um, I think I still struggle with vulnerability. I still want to appear like I've got it together and I can take care of myself and I don't need anyone. Um, but sometimes you need a bathroom, you know, or you need to hitchhike um, when the road conditions are unsafe. Uh, so yeah, backpacking in Chile when I was 19 was really eye-opening, realizing how much I needed to let people know what I needed when I needed it. Yeah, I had a similar experience too, because I, um... I, I'm also very shy and, you know, kind of overly nice and stuff. And when I when I uh, studied abroad in Spain and I also lived in Peru, which is where my husband is from, those experiences were kind of like what you're describing, um, learning how to stick up for yourself. Um, yeah. So earlier you, you talked about how you often felt um, unsafe and fearful. So I want to know, during your solo bike journey across America, did you ever feel unsafe or threatened? And if so, how did you handle the fear factor or safety factor during that journey? Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because I was, I was just scared all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and it got to be this running joke. You know, I'd run into someone new, you know, someone outside the grocery store or someone at a gas station, whoever, and they'd go, oh my gosh, you're out here alone. Aren't you afraid? And I'd be like, yep. <laughs> like, that's kind of the point. <laughs> um, so yeah, there were, there were a few times when um, it was more than just a background fear, when it was really immediate and felt like life or death. And mm-hmm. of course, I don't have any perspective on it because I was alone. So I really don't know if it was life or death, um, but it would feel that way to me. You know, I'd be camping alone in a totally deserted campground and it would be this pitch black night and then there'd be this lightning storm, um, you know, where the thunder's coming right after the flashes, like it's right on top of me. And um, that happened a few times, actually. There were a lot of thunderstorms on that trip. But then, you know, there were other times when I was um, around people and I felt really nervous um, and I didn't know if I should trust them or not. I wasn't sure, you know, I'd feel desperate in some way, like, I needed help, but I wasn't sure if the right people were around to help me. Um, and there were lots of times when I just just plain felt lost and I couldn't figure out which route to take and the road was fast and the riding conditions were unsafe. And um, anyway, so yeah, there were lots of times uh, when I was scared, but I learned to um, take inventory of the situation and see what can I control and what can't I control and just surrender to the things that I had no power over, like other people's behavior or the weather, and just focus on what I could do, like, um, you know, moving my tent um, into a clearing instead of underneath the trees, or um, grabbing my pepper spray and my pocket knife before I hopped into someone's car with them. You know, just focusing on what I can do. And um, that was a big part of helping me uh, work through my fear. Wow. Well, that's a good piece of advice. And I, I think that, you know, when you're talking about the thunder and the lightning, um, even though that was obviously terrifying at the time, sometimes, I mean, I know I, I love um, thunder and lightning storms, although I've never been in that situation. But, you know, when you think about the, the really those things that can be really amazing, um, what, what was an experience that you could share that really sort of touched your soul um, during any of your adventures on your bike? Gosh, <laughs> um, there's just so many. Travel is so mind-blowing. And when you do it alone, you don't have anyone else's filter. You know, I think I feel things more intensely when I'm alone um, because I don't have any buffer. It's just me and the world. and. Um, you know, in some ways, that's horrifying because if you're scared, there's no one around to tell you it's going to be okay. And you just have to deal with this, you know, really deep, penetrating fear. Um, but when things are really beautiful, we live in such a beautiful country. The United States is just incredible. Um, and there's just everything here. You know, we have deserts and mountains and prairies and um, oceanscapes. It's just fantastic. And I was blown away all the time by how beautiful this country was and also how kind people are. Um, I just have a million stories about people being unexpectedly generous, you know, and and taking me sightseeing and, you know, hosting me as a stranger and trusting me with their children and their dogs and their valuables. I mean, people were just so amazing. They'd wake up early to make me breakfast. They'd ride their bike with me for a little while. It was, I mean, 99% of the people on the planet are just great. They're really great. 
Um, and I think it's important to remember that because a lot of the time people are great, but you might be getting their worst side, you know? You see that in customer service a lot or um, in traffic. Uh, they're really good people. They just don't know how to help you or they aren't interested in helping you at that time. Um, but when you give them an opportunity, you know, when you say, hey, I need something, I'm on a big adventure and, and you can help me, people are usually pretty excited. You know, they want to be part of that. They're, they see it in your eyes and they want to be part of someone else's big adventure. So um, that was really special. But a moment that I want to describe in detail um, about a moment that really moved my soul was actually one of the last nights on my trip. And I was alone in my tent in Florida. And I was writing in my journal, which I did every night with my headlamp on. You know, I just have this little pool of light on my journal and I'm writing what happened that day. And I could see my hands and suddenly um, my hands looked like they belonged to someone else, but it was someone I really loved. Um, I just admired this person so much. And I, for some reason I could just see myself, um, you know, like from up above, I had this out of body experience and I was looking down at myself and I was so proud of her. And I loved her so much like a mother loves a child. Like I had given birth to myself on this trip. Like I was a, like I was made from my own um, bravery and my own resilience. And I was just so, um, yeah, it was really moving. It was probably the, one of the biggest expressions of self-love I've ever felt in my life. It was really magical. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Olivia, I feel like anyone who hears this podcast or reads your book is going to be very inspired and probably motivated to try to face their fears the way you did. So I want to know, what advice do you have for women to tour your own way? Yeah, um, this is one of my favorite topics. Um, I, I love talking to people about their dreams and not everybody dreams of having big physical adventures, which is totally fine. Um, but everybody has a dream. Humans are just kind of made that way. You know, there's something we'd really like to try out in this lifetime. And I really encourage anyone to, um, to be brave and just give it a shot and not be too wrapped up in failure, although that's really hard. <laughs> and there are days I can't take my own advice. Um, I think a big part of it is just cultivating your intuition and learning to listen to your own needs and advocate them. Um, my boyfriend is a very talented, skilled salesman, and I've been learning techniques from him. Um, sales is just stating what you need, you know, and helping other people realize that they can help you get where you want to go. Um, so selling yourself in a way, you know, in a positive way, um, not appearing desperate or self-deprecating, but just standing in your own power and letting people know, um, I'm on a mission, I'm going somewhere, and you can be a part of it if you want. Here's how you can help me um, before they start doubting you and expressing doubt, because that's really hard um, when you're on a mission and you're not sure if it's going to work or not, and other people are expressing doubt. That's really difficult. Um, but yeah, gosh, it's a journey. I'm thinking about my own. Um, but one of my favorite things about cycling is it's so accessible. People can do it at any age, you know, and now they even have electric assist bicycles. So you don't have to be even athletic to have an amazing bike adventure and go places that you can't go in a car. So um, yeah, I, I think it's amazing that we live in a country where you can travel and explore and be yourself. And um, 
yeah, I just, I just want to inspire other people. If it's something they want to do, absolutely go for it and, and just go at it your own way, your own pace, your own timing. Um, just make it yours. Yeah, that's great. I love the analogy about sales too, because I, I really believe that it applies in everything you do too. I mean, at work, you know, in a way that you're selling yourself to, to uh, get that, get that project or get the recognition, you know, get a promotion. Um, and uh, same thing if you're selling yourself to your parents. Yes, I can, you know, go off on this trip yeah. <laughs> and I can do this. Right. So that's great. Um, and, you know, I, I, I guess what I'd like to know is because I, you've you've created a platform so that women can share uh, their adventure stories um, with a wider audience. And I'd love to learn how what you've done and how people can access that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my website is just my name. It's oliviaround.com. And um, you can read some excerpts of my book on that website. Um, I think they're old drafts, to be honest. I need to update the drafts. Um, but you can kind of get a feel for it. And then I've also done a lot of interviews with other cycling women. Many of those women that I've interviewed are bike tourers, but some of them are road cyclists or you know, athletes like marathon runners um, or just plain old bike commuters, you know, they ride their bike to work or they just ride around the neighborhood for fun. Um, and all the interviews um, tackle the question of fear, you know, because bicycles are a more vulnerable form of transportation than cars. And a lot of people feel like women are more vulnerable in this world than men. And so it's kind of a fun, um, it's a fun way to explore vulnerability and and hear other women, um, how they've dealt with their perceived vulnerability. Um, and I've interviewed people who've been uh, sexually assaulted while cycling, um, who've been, you know, who've escaped scary situations. I've interviewed women who've had no problems whatsoever. It's just been amazing to have a, a space where you can be honest about what happened while you travel. And we don't sugarcoat anything, but, um, you know, we always frame it as, you know, do you, do you keep adventuring or not? And always the answer is yes. You know, all of these women love exploring the world and they know that there's some risks involved. Um, it's just a part of them and it's something that they want to do. And yeah, I really love having a space available for this because I remember getting ready for my own solo trips and there wasn't a platform yet for these kinds of stories. Um, there was a lot of like, yay, happy, go lucky, like I woke up and had breakfast and rode all day and then went to sleep, kinds of travel logs. And I, I needed something a little deeper that was going to help me um, get ready emotionally for what was going to happen. Yeah, you filled a gap. You filled a gap. So it's uh, oliviaround.org. And we're going to also have that in our the show notes. And uh, that's, that is amazing. I, I, and I like the, you know, that positive spin that, that, you know, you're going to, there are going to be risks. You're going to do everything you can to mitigate those risks, but you're going to keep moving forward and keep going out on those joyful journeys. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do live in a dangerous world, but um, it's a world worth exploring. And I think the more we share our stories, the more we can support each other in facing that world and chasing our dreams within it. Yeah. You can learn from other people's experiences, of course. And, and life is an adventure it's the you know so that's 
Oh, Olivia, thank you so much for sharing um, your insights. That, that's just amazing. Yes, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, and I hope people can get out to see you at REI if they, they live in uh, the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, and uh, of course, check out your website. That's oliviaround.org. And I want to just say thank you, Olivia, again, and to our audience who joined us for today's podcast. Um, and to Amanda for joining us and uh, your insightful questions. Uh, yeah, next week we're going to have another terrific dialogue here at Petite the Queen. And if you want to learn how to quickly achieve your goals with our proven strategies for success, you can sign up to our weekly wisdoms. And you'll also know about all the upcoming podcasts. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. 